hi okay so i just posted something i recorded a while ago and it's not very long but um i thought i was gonna like add on to it eventually and then i just re-listened to it and i was like eh. so i just posted that separately short and now i'm doing this and once again i'm in the car because yeah i'm in the car a lot um so i have nothing planned <laughs> uh, a lot has happened since i started the podcast and i took a break for like some personal life reasons and then it turned into being like way longer of a break than i thought um that kind of because of covid and then not really and then um everything that was happening in the world with the black lives matter movement um i really took that time to educate myself about um the history of horseback riding and in terms of how that looked for people of color uh, i found out that actually um the original jockeys used to be black <laughs> and then when um super this super fucked up uh and it was solely for like entertainment for white people uh but then someone was like let's bet money on races and because you know they like people are obsessed with money and gambling is addictive and so then um the horse industry exploded because then it became um you know about money and you could win a lot of money so then when that started happening they were like all the white people were like well we want to race and win lots of money and like you know have white jockeys and blah 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 so basically anytime something got good <laughs> white people took it um so then yeah so then white people started racing being jockeys and then so forth and then it just like went from there so um as a horse person i'm here to tell you uh that the race industry just gets worse and worse the more i uh read about it i always looked at the race industry in terms of the horses like how the horses were treated did the horses like this it was it was always about the horses for me uh, but come to find out there is a lot of long history of abuse um and neglect for also the people that are involved in the race industry um lots of drug use lots of alcohol use lots of abuse um and mistreatment of jockeys and that dates back all the way to when jockeys were like basically slaves and second class citizens and had to do it for entertainment um and so yeah it's just sad and there you have it also another fact about that was then um people of color became primarily grooms on the racetrack go figure um and also because they were like the only ones that were actually knew how to handle the horses <laughs> properly because they had originally been the ones doing it um so then they became grooms and one of the most famous racehorse grooms of all time is a black man who was um secretariat's groom and you can look all of that up and secretariat loved him very much and he was incredible at what he did um then also there's a saddlebred trainer that actually was the founder of like saddle seat 
and training saddlebreds for show and he was also a black man um and black people have played a huge role in kind of the start of gated horses in America like they played a really crucial part in that um and promoting and training gated horses then I also discovered some trainers now who are currently training horses um that are black and sorry I got distracted this car was scaring me and um what they're doing out in the world and how they're promoting the equine industry and it was really inspiring um and pretty amazing and impressive and um I also came to realize that it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in or like the color of your skin uh when you are passionate about something and really good at something you will have the same philosophy as those around you um so I've seen that in all aspects of life, you know, with all sports and hobbies and stuff, uh, bringing people together despite their um, differences. But I really, really see it with horses. Um, people freaking love horses and want to be around them and involved with them. Um, unfortunately, it is super sad that... Um, the equine industry has become very elite and closed off and that is something that I've been trying to change but it is it is hard because I also have to um, feed myself and feed all my horses so it's definitely kind of a, a whole thing that you know is definitely rooted in capitalism um, because it's like if I go down in my prices but then I can't afford to feed it as high quality feed because that feed costs more and just you know how it goes it's crazy and then you're actually just paying for the fucking fancy bag and it's like I just need the fucking food um but anyways that's a whole other thing oh they're scary these people in this car I'm scared don't bother me um so yeah I just kind of spent that time doing that uh looking into some of that stuff um and paying attention to the equine industry's response and some of it was good and some of it was bad um I know there was a huge issue with the horse trailer that got in the middle of a huge riot and protest because they um you know put those horses safety and at you know huge risk um I didn't to be honest with you I didn't read a whole lot into it because there's just so much go like was being thrown out on social media and some of it was well researched and some of it wasn't some of it was true some of it wasn't so um I basically just honestly I just tried to kind of stay in my lane um, and I didn't want people to take that as me not caring and not wanting to be um, in the forefront of everything. But at the same time, like, there are some things and issues that I don't have the experience and knowledge to speak on. Um, but the one thing that I do 100% know that I can speak on are horses and the role that they play in our lives. So I try to just focus on 
researching that aspect of things and then I tried to go forward and um, share that with the other people in my life and make them more aware of of that aspect of the horse industry and how it's not any different from what we do and um, just to make people more aware that it's there because um, the area that I live in and especially the equine industry of the area that I live in is basically all white <laughs> um, and is pretty uh, I, just the same we're all they're all kind of the same types of people same class same color same everything um so I tried to just kind of make people more aware that there is diversity out there uh we just get very compliant in not um actively seeking that and actively trying to change that um because we get comfortable and then and I talked about that in my short little podcast I just posted and then once we're comfortable we don't want to do anything about it and I think that is the problem and what has got us to where we currently are today um I do think it's really sad that human rights and animal rights become a political issue that is very 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 concerning and off-putting to me and that people feel like they have to pick a side uh that also is very concerning to me that when it comes to human safety and animal safety people pick have to pick a side um that just in itself is the most concerning thing about all of this to me um so yeah and there's more to all that um yeah anyways (laughs) Uh, I'm lucky that majority of my friends and I see kind of eye to eye but I do try to listen to those who who think and see differently because it honestly makes me more educated on why I believe the things that I believe so um I definitely though need to do better about speaking up uh and like I said it sucks and it can be really exhausting living in an area that is primarily white and very racist (laughs) um it sometimes just wears me out and I just want to be get away (laughs) from everybody um and just not even be involved but then it's also then leads you to this sense of isolation um I tried to actively change that uh the last year I drove to the city like three to four nights a week um but now with how much my business has grown that's another reason why I slowed down the podcast because my business has just exploded which has been awesome but um it's very, very time-consuming, so I haven't been able to go um, to those parts of St. Louis that have more people that are like-minded like me, um, so that's that's that. I'm trying, though. I'm trying. Um, you know, I still have some friends from that area and stuff that reach out to me and stay in contact with me through social media, and that is wonderful. Um, so I don't feel like I don't have friends anymore that, you know, are on the same page as me, but, um, things have just been evolving 
in my life right now and very quickly so it's been kind of hard to to keep up with everything in some ways um but I'm not complaining because things have also been really really good um I'm still in a relationship as anybody wants to know things were very scary for a brief moment um not not his fault not my fault just small town shit that's another thing that you had to deal with um and then I have like I teach like 20 20 to 28 lessons a week right now uh which is really crazy and I have three horses of mine that are half leased um Grenna is still in rehab if you guys have have been wondering why I haven't been posting about her not that anybody looking keeps up with my social media but I uh, haven't been posting about her because she's in in rehab again um she should start being able to can her soon and that will be the happiest day in my life um I'm also trying to decide what I'm gonna do once she is back into full work if if I'll use her for lessons or if I'm gonna keep her for myself I am really 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 tight um, on horse usage right now so um, I do need another lesson horse but I don't really want another horse on my bill uh, neither does my dad so it's just been like a lot to think about <laughs> and I do a lot of driving I drive to two other farms um, so yeah and just trying to make it all work has been pretty challenging um, but I do have a lot of good stuff too, you know, um, a lot of good stuff. Kapler is going really well right now because with Grenna being hurt and me, my other horse is primarily teaching lessons. Um, I've been able to like really focus on him again, like I had done in years past. And I feel like I'm finally getting my old horse back and I do have someone half leasing him so it's just her and I who ride him because he's not a lesson horse um and then I took him to a show because I everyone else has been showing my horses and I was like I want a show so I took him to a show and it was just really fun um even though it was like a real small like low-key show um it was just really fun to get back in the ring and he was he was pretty dang good considering uh, where he was at before and how far he's had to come um and it was just fun to be back out there and I'm excited for him to be in some sense of consistent work again um and then I hope that the girl who's leasing him can keep leasing him once Grunt is better because then, you know, he won't fall through the cracks again, per se. Um, but he just brings me so much joy and has taught me so, so, so much about um, riding and training. He's taught me a lot about patience and reading a horse's demeanor and how you can 
get a horse to communicate better, but you can't change who they are. And that relates a lot over to people. And I guess that's the biggest advice I could give to people, especially people who are trying to date and stuff. It's like, you can get the person you're dating to make a more of a conscious effort to communicate better, but you cannot change who they are. Um, and that has been like really eye-opening for me in terms of like my current relationship. And honestly, like <laughs> I have Kapler to thank for that. Um, I do not go to counseling enough to thank my counselor. I mean, my counselor is freaking awesome and has helped me, but, um, you know, I see Kapler every day and I only see her once a month. So, um, yeah, Kapler really showed me that, but like, I cannot change his personality. I cannot change the fact that he gets very anxious and that he struggles sometimes with controlling his nerves and he doesn't like big crowds and that is that is who he is that is a part of his personality and I can't change that so then I have to make the decision to just actively make this effort to try and help him become you know I guess more manageable would be the right word not really necessarily more manageable but just like I have to actively try and figure out how to communicate with him basically and then how he can get better in trusting me so that he know he can trust me to communicate with him well enough to where maybe he doesn't feel as anxious or get as stressed in a crowd or whatever it might be and I feel like that's just really what it takes to be in a relationship (laughs) like (laughs) with anybody you just have to like be willing to adjust your communication style um, and they have to be willing to trust that you're going to do that and then it works out. But you can't lie to people because then they're not going to trust your, your your willingness to be committed to the relationship and, and changing some of the ways that you communicate. But you're working on your communication style isn't you changing yourself. I think some people misunderstand that. It's like, you know, when I talk to Zach about being better about plans, I'm not telling him, and sorry, I used his name. His name is Zach. Um, I've said his name before. I'm trying to be better, though, about not using people's names without their permission. Because I um, know that even though I have the right to freely speak on here, like, I do need to be aware about protecting people's anatomy, but anyways, that's also, like, just kind of a tricky thing, but, um, anyways, he, he didn't take it as me attacking him as a person or his personality, and, and that's been really awesome for me to be able to express concerns, wants, and needs, and he not take it as, like, a personal attack, because I love him, and I love him as a person, But, you know, we both are going to have to actively work on things, one of them being communication, for this whole relationship to run as smoothly as possible. And, you know, him and I both working on our communication, our schedule, our boundaries, it's not us asking each other to change who we are, it's us actively trying to make this relationship the best it can be. And that's also how I feel with Kapler. I'm not going to change who Kapler is 
And I either have to accept who Kapler is and start to actively work on how I can help him be the best version of himself or say, you know what, this isn't worth me dealing with and walk away. And it's the same thing with a relationship. Like, am I willing to put in the work with somebody who has the axe personality? Yes. (laughs) And, you know, vice versa when past relationships haven't worked out it's just it's not because they're a bad person it's just because I was not willing to work on those things with that person because they're not going to change who they are and I discovered that it wasn't wasn't for me and vice versa there's like that stupid saying where it's like you're not for everybody but it's true and that's okay so yeah (laughs) um I'm gonna just wrap this up because I'm ready to go see my horses I've been running errands all day and Monday morning is like my day supposed to be like my day and so I didn't see them this morning and I want to go kiss a face oh I just want to go kiss a horse nose it's the best feeling in the world to give a little kisses horse nose kisses it's like heaven Okay, um, I hope that it was helpful in some way. Um, sorry if it wasn't. If you have any good podcasts that talk about, um, like, horse training and or, like, politics, send them my way. Because that's something I need to get more read up on. And that would be great. So, if you took the time to listen to this, that was really cool, and I uh, really appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye.